we kind of like slowly separated. So we went from like, okay, like this isn't working or whatever, but we are responsible for these two little humans who already come with some baggage because like they are adopted. They were adopted from foster care. They have two moms. Now they have two moms that are going to be divorcing. How do we create a safe space for them when we have played out our lives on social media, but also like holding space for other lesbian couples that are coming behind us and make it okay to separate because staying together in dysfunction yeah. is not healthy for the kids, right? What's up everybody and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of black LGBTQIA individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm joined today by a very special guest, y'all. We got Nett in the building, man. Nett has blessed us with her presence on the podcast. Nett is an AKA. I love that. Y'all know I went to Howard. <laughs> Nett, tell the people about yourself. I'm, I'm Nett, literally just Nett, uh, an everyday person. I tell that to people all the time. Like We all have like all these labels. And so my labels include myself. I'm me. I'm a mom. I am an ex-wife. I am a proud, out, and loud lesbian. No guilt. I am an AKA. I just became active again, so that is really exciting. Um, I am everything. Like I'm an advocate. I am a formal, for, former, former educator. Um, I'm a friend. I'm a sister. Um, all these labels, and so like labels are just labels but like people like to categorize you by labels and um that's who I am like I'm just me honestly like you're gonna get this same person in person like there's no sugar coating I am very much so loud and out and I love talking to people and um I'm pretty friendly I can make a friend in anyone honestly love that love that love that love that thank you and, and very very happy to have you um, but, uh, you know, here we have to start all the way at the beginning before all the labels happened. And we sure. got to talk about when you first knew you like these ladies now. What's going on? Ooh, listen, listen. <laughs> I remember in high school, they had this one girl. I think she was a year younger than me. And um, she she came out and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe like what? Never. But like, I always knew but I did it I think your upbringing plays a lot in that like oh no this is like no no you're a pretty girl you're a good girl like you don't do those things you're from a very small town where you're supposed to uh, marry your high school sweetheart but I knew and then as <laughs> soon as I went to college I was like hey mama and then boom that's what happened so like I kind of always knew and again it's just like if you have the space of being in a presence of adults who are showing you the way and allowing you to explore. Um, and I think all of that, like not having that in my life and my, ch my childhood, I sort of kind of transitioned to be that when I was in the classroom with middle school adolescents. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Was she, was she a, a feminine or masculine presenting? She was hella masculine like <laughs> hella masculine like I couldn't even like hide it if I wanted to 
Yeah. yeah. She was on a yeah. basketball team for my. Oh, of uh, course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. So, so like high school, college. So, uh, ever have any boyfriends? I did. I like literally was on the path to marry my high school sweetheart mm. because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, this is what you do. Like, it's like your life is kind of like already written out for you. Yeah. Where are you from? And I, I'm from a very, very small town, um, our village. Um, the name of it is Lauraville um, in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very small. Like my mom um, and my dad like knew each other growing up. Like two of my sisters married their high school sweetheart. It was a thing or whatever. And like, I was like, I know I'm different. And like, even my mindset was different. So surprise. Mm. <laughs> so when did you first come out? Like when were you first open with a woman? Um, I would say probably, and I think like seventh grade, I kissed a girl or whatever. And like, there were like all these rumors going around about like me being gay. And I'm like, I'm not gay or whatever. You know, like everybody played house. Yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah. everybody played house. Uh-huh. Like just so happened but when I was playing house, like there was two mamas. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this feels good. And I remember, and this is like so inappropriate, but <laughs> I remember listening to Escapes Work Me Slow and that song Whoa. did something to me. Like, <laughs> right? Like, all the way back. So probably, like, middle school is when, like, I kissed a girl. But I didn't, like, anything else happen until yeah. college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So college. Mm-hmm. Did you bring your college girlfriend home? Absolutely. Every single one. <laughs> because... One thing about me is I have no shame in my game. I am yeah. very proud of who I am with all the transitions that life that life brings you. I am very transparent and I think to a fault. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll touch on this. That's why I kind of pulled back from like YouTube. Mm, yeah, yeah. Where do, where do you feel like that uh, that confidence comes from? Do you feel like it, you just always knew you were different or did you have... What up? It's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. Have uh, that like safe space to just kind of be yourself. A little bit of both. So like my family has always been welcoming, but also like you hear the comments of like people mm-hmm. being a fruitcake or people mm-hmm. being a bulldagger. And it's just like, whoa, but I don't look like any of these people. So yeah. any gay person um, are part of the community that they would be referring to with either a very feminine male or a very masculine female. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't identify with any of those things. Like I know I'm having these feelings, but so I can't be this way because I don't look like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so let's talk about that actually. Um, I-, I wanted to, t- to talk about just, the feminine experience. Um, obviously, you know, I'll walk into a space and they're like everything, including how you doing, sir. Right. Um, and I remember going to uh, the grocery store and, uh, I had, um, I had to take a phone call. So I came in a little bit later, my sister and my wife were already in the store. So I came in and I scared my sister, but there was a lady in the aisle too. And the lady was like, uh, Oh man, you scared, sir. You scared me. And my sister was like, that's a girl like defending my honor right now normally like I don't care I I just I I just don't care you know but you know on the flip side for you as a feminine woman you know you I think jokingly like a couple years ago I stalked your Instagram so a couple years ago we're like you know the the whole like you don't look gay thing right 
um, talk about your experience as a, as a gay person and a queer person, but being feminine presenting. Yeah, I think people who are not part of our community don't really understand how toxic their projections or assumptions can be. Um, because I struggled for a long time saying, oh my gosh, like, I know I'm gay. I know I'm a lesbian. I love girls, but like, I am so tired of coming out every single time. Like a guy tries to talk to me or anybody hits on me or even just in general, like I want, like, I wish I was covered in a rainbow flag or something because I am very proud of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, but like at the same time, you know, being a feminine lesbian, lipstick lesbian, mm -hmm. or whatever, I really struggled with that. And I remember like Googling or at the time, like Yahoo was the thing, mm -hmm. like, what do I call myself? Like, what do I call myself? And I was like, I'm a lesbian. And then I saw lipstick, I'm a lipstick lesbian. But what do I do with that? Because to the gay people, I, they can't even approach me because I don't look gay. And to straight people, it's just like, oh, fish in the water, like, let me go. And that, that was very, very, very hard. And so mm -hmm. like one of my goals, um, once I came out, I was just like, I want to make it my mission to let kids know you don't have to fit into a certain box or a look to identify with one word or who you think you are or who you know yourself to be. Um, and so over the years, I just really struggled with, like, I remember, <laughs> this is horrible. Like, <laughs> and I still have the pictures of it. Like when I was in college, you know, white tees, like the big white tees, all like I went to the store and I purchased that stuff. Like, and I was like, I'm gonna be a stud. <laughs> like it's and again, yeah, that's all you know. Like, because like when when I was out in like the community, more studs were getting noticed. And I'm just like, hey, I'm a lesbian too. Right. So like that, getting... that was like the rainbow flag. Like the, the white t-shirt is like, okay, well, I won't put a flag on, but I'll just put this white t-shirt on. Then maybe. Yes. With like baggy jeans and yeah. like, like stereotypical stud lesbian. And I'm like, this is not even me. Like, this mm -hmm. is crazy. I remember doing that and it was so uncomfortable for me. And I was like, yeah, no, like you're mm -hmm. going to find your way. And I have, um, but I struggle with it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find that like um, in the in the queer community, feminine women are typically more aggressive because I think like if you're straight, you don't have to approach a guy. Right. But if, um, you know, if a, a woman that's interested in you doesn't know that you're gay, you almost have to make it known to her that, hey, like I'm feeling you. Which is uh, seen as like more of an aggressive thing. Do you, do, you, do you, have you found that in your own personal, you know, dating experience? Not necessarily in my own, but I will say like when I want something, I'm persistent. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and so like, <laughs> I remember being like at the gay club um, in Lafayette with my best friend and it was this girl and again, another ball player, go figure, but she was gorgeous. And I was like, Ooh, I want her. And like, again, she wasn't looking my way and I'm like it's because she probably doesn't think I'm gay because I am so femme or whatever and I, I was just like I ran over to her and I was you know what's up I, yeah like and she just I mean, shot no pun intended couple, yeah correct and I did just that and I mean we dated like casually but nothing popped off but yeah I think we have to be like to get what we want and also yeah. to like feel recognized as part of the community and also not given um the label or slapped with the label like 
experimenting or bisexual because like I'm not bisexual mm -hmm. I am lesbian or whatever like I have only eyes for female mm -hmm. um and certain type of females not just any kind of female at that and not your wife either mm -hmm. if you get what I'm saying uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> yes. be clear right <laughs> yes let's be clear yeah, yeah, yeah um so then you were married um and <laughs> are very open about, you know, the, the, you guys separating and now co-parenting, um, talk about successful co-parenting in this community. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of, I think this is one of the most undeveloped parts of, uh, mm -hmm. family structure in our community because for so long people weren't even comfortable having children together or, you know, kind of forming what looked like a normal life because of how unaccepted it was, or, you know, and, and in some spaces still is to be queer. And now, you know, people are proud, people are having families, kids are, you know, happening, but the relationships look like regular relationships, right? They break up, they get back together, they already had children, you know, all the things. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, negative rhetoric around, uh, the ending of a same-sex relationship in terms of how the parents are able to coexist and oh well biologically it's not yours and nah, 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 all this craziness that people say um, but we don't hear enough about the positive stuff and you're very very um, you know adamant about being you know bringing that to the forefront and showing that you know you can have a same-sex relationship and mm -hmm. have a successful co-parenting relationship um talk about how you guys were able to arrive at that place. Cause I'm, you know, I'm sure like most things not perfect. Right. But how were right. you guys able to put yourselves aside to get to that place? Yeah, I think this question is loaded and it's multi-layered um, just because the way our relationship played out, it played out publicly in a way, because we were on YouTube or I was on YouTube and she, you know, made camos, cameos and all these things, you know, and they saw like, as our relationship progressed or whatever. And the crazy thing is that I connected with lots of other couples who have now been divorced or are divorced, but we, you never heard anything from them. And so throughout that journey of like getting engaged, getting married, buying a house together, like all the steps of life, right? Um, there were some things that we couldn't agree on or whatever. Um, and then, you know, like the adoption happened for both of our boys. And so I was really worried about exactly what you said, like lesbians, like how do they, you know, what happens? They're not biologically this one. And I'm like, they're not biologically for connected to either one of us mm. or whatever, but they are our kids. And that was the route we chose to family build. Yeah. Um, and our structure looks different, but it doesn't take away from this is our family unit. And so we kind of like, slowly separated so we went from like okay like this isn't working or whatever but we are responsible for these two little humans who already come with some baggage because like they are adopted they were adopted from foster care they have two moms now they have two moms that are going to be divorcing how do we create a safe space for them when we have played out our lives on social media, mm -hmm. but also like holding space for other lesbian couples that are coming behind us and make it okay to separate because staying together in dysfunction yeah. is not healthy for the kids, right? right? And so we, once we separated, like we thought about the children, like they were the center of all the conversation. 
like even if we had like animosity towards each other, which we didn't really have animosity towards each other, which I'm very grateful for, we had to keep the boys, the bro dudes as we call them, um, as a center of our conversations. And it wasn't easy. And it, the the hard part was the transition. You go to seeing your kids every day or like you, you are in the same household so you can see how this person is parenting or how they're handling this situation. And now you don't have control over that. And so like you're having to deal with like transitions back and forth. And so one thing that saved us um, was because everybody knows I'm a huge planner. I have all my planners back there. I have some up here, planners everywhere or whatever. And she's not like, she's the more sporadic parent, which there's a nice healthy balance mm -hmm. because the kids, when they come to mama's house, they're like, uh oh, like I know at seven o'clock is book time. I know at eight o'clock is bedtime. And at Jaja's, she's more lenient. And I, although I don't, parent that way I appreciate that way so we talked about what the boys needed and we just kind of went there um and we just we adjust as things come up and I mean I think we do a damn good job mm -hmm. of parenting the boys but again one pinpoint like a major thing to talk about is that I didn't see any other lesbian couples getting divorced in a nice way a nice manner the lesbian couples that were active on social media, it was ugly. Mm -hmm. One was the biological parent. And I mean, they were famous or mm -hmm. whatever. And then like, it was all this animosity. And I'm just like, that's toxic. Mm -hmm. Like, and it wasn't like, there's lots of lesbian couples out there sharing their story. And I appreciate that, especially for the younger generation. But like when I was on YouTube, it was like maybe four or five other couples. And like some of the OGs are still around. Um, but most of them have separated, but you've never heard mm -hmm. from them again. And yeah. so for me, it's like, I don't want to leave my audience hanging because they were part of my life for so long. And let me show you how, like, we are divorced. We are co-parenting, but we're co-parenting in a very healthy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. And I think, um, you know, other people do because it, it, it helps to, you know, create more tentacles to the conversation and more more resources yeah. for people to be able to see what it looks like um the bro dudes where'd that come from I you know people <laughs> ask me that all the time and I think my youngest called his brother bro or the oldest called his youngest his younger brother bro and I would always say dude and I'm like bro dude and I'm like oh bro dude y'all the bro dude just like That's that. It. <laughs> yeah, the bro dude. Love that. Love that. <laughs> um, so just to round out the conversation about the <clears throat> parenting. So then you obviously you separate and then you start dating again. Um, so oh, let's get to the juicy part. <laughs> <laughs> so you start dating and again, different philosophies about what that looks like, different, you know, um, another conversation that has to be had because of the children, right? Like mm -hmm. when is it safe to bring somebody around? Blah, 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 yeah, blah. all those things. What, you know, what does, let me say it this way, going into that phase, did you have a certain mindset or certain expectations? And then the reality of it was something completely different. Absolutely. Isn't that life? Like you yeah. always, like, I know me, I have a plan. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, like, I can't believe y'all divorced. And that was one thing. Like, we didn't publicly share our divorce when it first happened. My mom didn't even know. Like, that's how mm -hmm. secretive we were about it because we wanted to protect our children. Yeah. Um, but we had the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was hard. Um, not a, like, not terrible, like, fighting. 
but it was just like, okay, we know that our lives will move forward. Yeah. We can't have people as a revolving door coming in and out of the boy's life or whatever. So how about six months? When you think it's really serious and six months you've been dating that person, then they can meet the boy. And that's what it was. And it happened and it, it was beautiful. And there, it's just like when you keep the kids in the center of the conversation, like, and get out your own way. Because I think like as females, we are naturally emotional beings mm-hmm. or whatever. And we feel all the feels, but like, if we can push all that to the side, suppress that just for a moment and put the kids in the middle as the center of the conversation, then everything will be okay. And also to accept that you no longer have an emotional connection to your ex and you can move forward. And also acknowledging the fact that you want each other to be happy. Yeah. You want each other to be happy with a new partner who also accepts your kids and accepts your situation. Because for me, it was just like, yeah, that part too. Mm -hmm. We could date, but listen, I have a co-parent and I don't like to call her my ex or whatever. I think there's just a bad connotation when it comes to the the term ex. And it's always in my co-parent or whatever. Because you put it in context of the kids and not you. So like calling them your ex is about you. Calling them a co-parent is about the kids. I only exist with this person because of my children, not because of me. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm like, listen, we could date. (laughs) Like, let's date, let's date. But listen, also, I come with a family unit. I come with a co-parent and I come with two kids or whatever. And like, let's put that on the table right now. If you can't exist in the same room as her, we can't exist. Mm -hmm. Because for the simple fact, you're going to be part of our kids' lives. lives. So Mm -hmm. she is part of that family unit. So it's not that, like, I guess I am protecting her as well as protecting our kids. But they are the ones that I'm protecting. And also knowing that, like, she has every right to take me to court if I'm dating somebody that's like beating on our kids or, you know, like pose a threat to our kids or whatever. But we don't have to do that because like we've been very cordial um, and respectful of each other. Yeah. 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 It's the respect. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's it. Um, Communication and respect. And, uh, you know, as long as when we come back to the table, we can say, okay, this is working. This is not working. How how are we going to fix it and move forward? That's, I mean, it really is. That's really what it is. Um, Boy mom life. (laughs) How's that? I um, am, you know, new to motherhood um, with 11 week old, 12 weeks old now, Um, yesterday, 12 weeks. and uh you know there there were questions that we knew we would that we we had before and now he's here and it's like there's more and he's only 12 weeks so I can imagine um you being a a boy mom and all of the things how is it interesting like (laughs) you say you know you plan for these things and it like totally never happens the way you think it's gonna Mm -hmm. happen like all the books in the world cannot like literally cannot prepare you for this journey that, Mm -mm. you know, we make the choice to take. It's a beautiful journey, but it's a hard ass journey Mm -hmm. that people do not disclose. And that is one thing that I feel like when I was on YouTube, I was very transparent about, like not just showing the highlight reels because, and I had to unfollow a lot of people because they were only showing highlights. It's not reality. Mm -hmm. It's not reality. And to be a boy mom and not just a boy mom, a black boy mom, mm-hmm. an autistic mom, 
a mom of a child with ADHD. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Children from foster care, like that shit is loaded Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's difficult as hell, but you adjust, you adjust to their needs. And along the way with like all the stinky smells because Mm -hmm. they smell horrible. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much so like they Mm -hmm. smell horrible. They do, but it's fun and it's rewarding. And I know like, that's probably like the textbook answer, but it is. And like I said earlier, it's pros and cons to every single age. Um, One thing that we are trying our very best is to raise nice, kind humans. So like when we try not to do like the gender thing too much because like people get so stuck on that. But I do, and we do teach them about boundaries, about body boundaries more or less, especially when it comes to people who identify as female. You know, you have to ask permission to touch their body. Um, And so like, because the world, you know, mm-hmm. says, you know, as a, a boy, you're supposed to do this, this, and this. And one thing that a lot of people don't necessarily agree with me on, and I do not care, is allowing my boys to be emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You have every right to cry, baby. You have every right to okay. have a tantrum. You have that right because we're all emotional yeah. or whatever. And so I give them, we give them the space to like let their feelings out, like explain and all of those things. I'm not trying to raise no rough and tough and, you know, like I'm a man and all these things yeah. and not allow emotional vulnerability to present somewhere in your life. So yeah. it's fun. It's fun. It's challenging also because like there are things that I know I cannot teach them as a female. I know that like things about penises, like yeah. you can Google it, you know, I have <laughs> brothers or whatever. And again, like it's, it's like a, a sensitive conversation, but it's the truth. Or it's whatever. It, you know, it like, is, yeah. like people will say, you know, women can't raise men. That's not true. Well, what there about are certain single mothers? Parts of, exactly. It's like, exactly. I'm just like, but there are parts of, and I, I, to a certain point, I understand what they're saying. And it's really, a lot of the things go back to like genitals. And yeah. sexual stuff. And it's just like, no, like I can get his uncle to tell him how to pull the skin back and wash it, you know, and all the things. I can do that. I can present and provide the resources he needs to learn the things that I cannot teach him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, t- totally. Totally. Um, it's a, it's a journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, kids are, kids are, kids are amazing. The, I think the joy that they bring is probably, you know, the, the, that was the one thing that people always told me, like, it's a lot of work, but they bring a lot of joy. Mm. Um, but one piece of advice that I give people, especially now, and I, I didn't have this, this wasn't my perspective before I had a child. Um, like we have a lot of married friends and I'll be like, you know, just go have a kid. Like you guys are together. You're married, right? This, right. Your face, right? Your face, you're, you know exactly where I'm going. Yeah. So then we have a child. I was like, now I'll be like, listen, if you with somebody and they want kids and you don't want kids, get your ass out of there. It's a deal breaker. Ow. It makes so much sense to me now when people used to be like, they go on dates. Like when you're a little bit older, you go on dates and they're like, oh, do you want kids? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you, the last thing you want, because it's such a selfless, if you want to do it well, if you want to be a very a, a good parent, a present parent, and make sure that to your point, you raise a kind, uh, well-rounded human, it takes, it requires everything you got. Plus some, it requires, I, I, I personally, you know, we, we, I went to therapy before, uh, we had kids just to unload a lot of things that 
I had, I'm an older sibling, you know, my mom was a teen mom, just a lot of the things that you just personally are like, I, I gotta just go sort through some of this real quick and make sure that I'm good because I don't want any of this to infiltrate him at all, right? I gotta go deal with myself. And that's mm -hmm. probably one of the hardest parts of the journey for most people is like going to deal with yourself. Like, cause you, cause they, they looking back at you like, <laughs> yeah. what's up mom, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so for me, parent in parenting, I, I wanted to be very, very sure that I dealt with every part of myself before, you know, bringing him here so that when he's here, I could be fully present and not like the 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 cup is still 75% full of my own shit. And now he's coming and he's got his own cup. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, you know, now I'm drinking. It's like, you know, the, the people, but it's the craziest thing that the, the craziest revelation after having a kid, I'm like, if somebody tells you that they want kids and you don't want them, get out right now. Get out. Sure. You, you're only going one or two ways. You, you're going, you, that kid going to be a single, uh, raised by a single mama, right? With, with a toe up other parent or it's going to blow your top off, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing though. Um, ha having children, I say all that to say yeah. it's a, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a mental, you know what? Yeah, like, it, yes. it really is in like a good way, because mm -hmm. I think for me, my kids have taught me so much more about myself and mm -hmm. I am an advocate for therapy. I mm -hmm. mean, weekly. I'm not missing that mm -hmm. session. I'll miss a nail appointment, but I'm not missing therapy mm -hmm. because we have so much to unpack. Mm -hmm. And like as an adult and as you evolve and you have life experiences, a lot of it links back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And so you are thinking like, okay, now I'm raising this kid. How can I not carry over that cycle? Uh, and like you said, infiltrate your kid with the stuff that you went through. Or whatever, because you know how it feels because you have that experience. Mm -hmm. And so now as a parent, you can say, because now you have the experience, like don't have kids, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I am strong in my conviction. And I tell my nieces and nephews, don't have kids mm -hmm. unless you are a hundred percent ready. Listen, just because you didn't got your girlfriend pregnant, don't mean you have to marry her. No, Don't mean y'all have to be together because mm -hmm. it's toxic and it's not healthy for the kid or mm -hmm. whatever. And then like, you know, Putting the Go kid there. at the center yeah. of the fight, you know, uh -huh. the shit is toxic uh -huh. because like yeah. you're all your using stuff. the kid as a as a tool, and yeah. oh, they start dating somebody. You like, well, you ain't seeing your kid. You like, yeah. oh, come like, on, y'all. Like jealous haters, mm -hmm. like and like immature jealous haters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you are able to speak on more things now in the parental realm because mm -hmm. now you are experiencing that. Um, and a lot of people like to give opinions unwanted yeah. opinions and i will gladly say i don't want your opinion mm -hmm. i'm not being a i'm not being rude because i'm not a rude person mm -hmm. but like i'm just setting up a boundary i don't want i don't Man, want advice. The advice is yeah. like comes in like a freaking fire hydrant you're like yeah one of our friends she gave us his advice she said um she said tell your friend she said tell him write it down because you don't want to forget it <laughs> but you're not about to do nothing with it she said write it down Write it down and send it to me because I don't want to forget it. Like, dude, like, like just too much. Like, and half like of it is just wrong. Right. Like, half of it is just like, no, not doing that. Yeah. Half of, like, you're just like, no. Like, my, my, my yeah. philosophy is this if, if it's a parent that's giving me, most of the time, it's mm -hmm. now parents giving me advice. I look at your kids. I'm just going <laughs> to be honest. And I'm, I'm, I look at your own children and I'm like, 
Yeah. How's and it's that? because how, like how's that? all kids are different. Yeah. All kids are different. And like, I just love when people like one thing you will probably never see me do is post my kids grades. I like that drives me insane. And I am not judgmental or whatever, but like as a former, former educator, like that drives me insane because what happens when your sweet baby get a C? Mm-hmm. You're not proud of them You're anymore. You're not going to post that one. Yeah, we missed like, the third grade. We missed the third report card. Third quarter came. I didn't see that report card posted. Correct. <laughs> exactly. So it's just like these. Like I, I'm. I stay clear of people who put their own kids on a pedestal. Yeah. We all want our kids to be great. We all yeah. want our kids to be Oprah and Obama, and you know, like all these amazing humans or whatever. But at the end of the day, all our kids are different. They're being raised differently. They have different struggles, and it's also because we have our own baggage you know what i mean that we're Mm -hmm. still trying to unpack while raising functional humans in the world where everything is on like social media and like all this social media you know pressure like i'm i'm just not a i'm not a fan of it so like i don't take advice from people especially like when i all i see you is posting like the highlight reels girl tell me how you real how you really feel did you go to therapy this week Uh are you struggling this week Uh tell me that yeah. Like, I want to see you crying. Yeah. Not because I want to be in your business, because I want to see that you're human. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you bring up a good point because people, um, one of the, one of the biggest things that, uh, we were conscious of was like making sure that when we did have children, we started our family that, you know, we felt fulfilled personally, right? Like you did what you wanted to do. I've done what I wanted to do. We've traveled. I've done this. I've done that. My career is in a good place, you know, all the things. And, because of, you know, the way we have to have children, you can be very intentional about that, right? Like there's not a, oops, oh my God, like now we got to start getting ready for a baby. That can't really happen, right? So you're, you're very like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And I think that back to the grades thing, right? Because I look at that and I'm like, I find that people who, a a lot of times, it's just my opinion, guys, don't, don't kill me. When that happens and, and you see certain things, it's like almost um, a compensation for a part of you going back to there being something that's not fulfilled. Right. So I agree with you that like, I just want my, I want, I want to, I'm going to be happy in whatever my kids are doing, like mm-hmm. whatever's happening, like my son, oh, this week he can lift his head. Up. I'm just excited for that. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm just, where are we at today? I'm not, I don't have an expectation of him. I don't have, you know, milestone markers in terms of like, oh look he got straight A's or this or that of course we want our kids to be amazing to your point but that that's not an expectation of mine of him yeah I want him to be the greatest of what at whatever he's he wants to be I'm fulfilled in who I am I I Mm -hmm. I have my own career I I do the things I want to do I don't need to justify myself through his Mm -hmm. accomplishments they're his and whatever he wants to do is what I'm going to put what what do you want to do do you want you want to play the piano this week all right great you want to go play football yeah we actually we did say one rule he can't play football just because of I'm the, with you I'm yeah, with the, you oh my god we the, tried it yeah, and I was nah. like no and it was flag football it was flag yeah. football and I was like yeah. no thank you Aaron Hernandez rest your soul like yeah no thanks yeah. I'm not interested also like it's deeper for me because I honestly see football as modern day slavery I really mm. really do like we are entertainment like that's what you look at my kids as, as like a, a dollar sign. And so then all these people at a table and they're bidding on you. I don't like that. 
I mm-hmm. do not like that. And I had to like check a coach. I went back to my hometown and he was like, oh, this your kid? He goes to the school here. And I'm like, no. He was like, oh, he'll be a, a great linebacker. I said, or a lawyer, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. an Air mm-hmm. Force man. Like, mm-hmm. dude, like my kid, and he was only like four at the time. He's a bigger boy. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Our son's he's tall. Not, he's, he's, he's like a little taller too for like, he like on the spectrum. He's like, he's yeah. a little guy, yeah. Yeah. And like <sighs> developmentally, like kids all develop at their own their own pace. And so like we had a tracker or whatever of like milestones for development. That's how we were mm-hmm. able to figure out our child had autism mm. or whatever. It wasn't like, oh, my kid is 11 months old and they are reading chapter books. Like woohoo. Mm-hmm. But like my co-parent and I were are both in education. So like we know kids at the earliest stages learn through play. So like, that's great that your kid is excelling. But like my kid outside playing like in the mud, and, you know, developing life skills and like mm-hmm. friendship and learning through play is coming natural. I'm not putting my kid in a corner and saying, hey, go read this chapter book. And by all means, do you. Mm-hmm. But I know in the long term, that's going to affect the kid. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's never ending. The yeah. unwanted advice, um, the constant comparison um, that yeah. drives me insane. And like, I will post like you, like, you know, when the baby crawls, you're like, oh my gosh, like they're mm-hmm. crawling. That's important. That's mm-hmm. exciting or whatever. And that's not comparing your child to another yeah. child. And not I saying, and not saying, oh, my child crawled at two months and he, you know, most babies crawl at six. Cause that's Correct. the, that's the pro like, that's the yes. challenge with it. Like, why does it matter when yep. my, I walk, 100%. I started walking at 15 months. My mm-hmm. wife started walking at nine. Now I say that she's smarter than me. She's like the smartest person mm-hmm. I know. I, I tell people that all the time. And I, you know, I jokingly talk about like her, her, her milestones and how she was reading by the time she was two and all this stuff, <laughs> but we both can walk now. Exactly. So like there's, it's it not matter? a race. Yes. It's not a race. That is so true. It is not a race. And like people, like the comparison trap is real and yeah. it's toxic. And especially in this age of social media, it is horrible and it's harmful mm-hmm. too. It's harmful in so many ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, it just like, it doesn't. Now, I think to 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 talk a little bit about um your your son and you know being open about his his autism journey, um I do think it's obviously with talking about you know smaller kids and even some older because I think some people don't discover that until their mm-hmm. kids are social and then they see the comparison towards. I think they see it next to other children and they're able sure. to recognize the difference. Um, being in education and because even for you know myself and I have a lot of friends now you know I'm at that age I'm you know 32 and people are just having kids now right like that's just what it is it was the weddings for like a couple years now it's like everybody's pregnant or had a baby (laughs) or a second baby um how how did you guys discover that yeah so our little baby was reading like old David books um and then at 18 months it regressed there was no words there was no language and we're like whoa what's happening so just like that, we took him to the pediatrician, got the evaluation, and it came back and it determined that he had autism. Well, black boys statistically are given a label quicker than non-black boys. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted a second opinion. So we got a second opinion and compared the results. They were very similar. Um, and so we determined like he had autism two days before his third birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it was mm-hmm. just like some some of the like the some of his progressions and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is like, just talk about the importance of like leaning into like 
being honest about your kids, right? Yeah. And when I say that, as you know, right, we black people. Yes. We don't want to talk about nothing about people. You know what I mean? We don't want to talk about nothing. We don't want to talk about nothing about our kid. Ain't special. No, my baby just she just don't like to drink out of a cup. She She need her ass whipped. Yeah. You know, and and we do these things. We make these um uh excuses because we don't want to face what it is but talk about how important it is to lean into it because then you have adults who go with because you didn't put them in the class with three people so they could get the attention they needed now they're functioning in the world can't read can't write they're like um frustrated confused can't express it as an adult you know people are adults dealing with this but if they were a child and when they were a child if you were leaned into what they needed focused on the mm-hmm. child, right? Not yourself and your own pride and ego. Your kid could be, you know, functioning in a very, very different space. So talk about the importance of leaning into that, even as an educator, yeah. right? Because you're dealing with the kids that have the parents that are, you know, in denial and not trying to to face it. So talk about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, early intervention is the best intervention and mm-hmm. get out of your own way. And like, even like how that transferred to like co-parenting, get out of your own way. These children are our responsibility. And so like, to your point, our community can be very harsh and hurtful and judgmental. And I don't want to offer support. We don't have much support when it comes to the boys. And my youngest has, our youngest has ADHD, which shows, comes, you know, across as like very aggressive, hyper impulsivity, but like early detection is the best, the best intervention. And early detection is the best intervention. Um, and so, you know, along with early intervention, as soon as we got the diagnosis, like I said, it was two, three days before, two days before his third birthday, we cried for a week because like, oh no, what does this mean? Again, because what we have seen on social media, the ones who were the front runners are the covers of autism. It was a horrible thing mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, wait, uh-uh. as soon as that week ended, we got to work. We printed off booklets. We contacted friends. We contact, e- contacted every ABA therapist. And I mean, that's controversial. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you do what you want um, mm-hmm. for the best, of the, you know, your decision for your family, what's best for your family or uh, whatever. Lane has been in ABA since 2017. Our child went from not talking, not being able to be social. He is social now. He will go up to you and introduce himself. Like he knows how to smile. He knows how to make eye contact. And I'm very grateful that I put my child out there and share his story, even though like, I don't know in the long run if this is gonna affect him personally that I put him out there. I don't put my kids out there as much as I used to because now I feel like they're becoming older. I wanna be respectful. But I started a Facebook group and people joined. We raised money for Autism Speaks. We did the walks. We did like all this research on autism. We went to classes. Um, I did webinars, I read books. And the same thing with our ADHD journey. But one thing to say about this entire journey, my DMs stay full of messages from Black families. Net, what am I to do? And the one thing that makes me extremely sad when I get the messages is please don't say anything because of the shame that it brings down. I'm just like, there's no need to be ashamed. Like mm-hmm. your child is different. 
They're still living. They're still breathing. Mm -hmm. They are more than capable with mm -hmm. the correct resources and supports. They're going to be fine. So again, it's like just getting out your own way. That early intervention is going to be what's key. It doesn't matter if they're two. If you get a diagnosis at two, that is amazing. Start mm -hmm. early. If you get it at seven, start now. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. like those kids deserve it and it's going to follow them. And to the educational uh, point, it's really hard to see those kids struggle when you know they need more, but their parents are in denial mm -hmm. and don't want to hear. Um, so like for me, being Black and being so open with like all the things, all the labels that we talked about in the beginning, like I've put myself out there to be vulnerable, to show people that look like me that like we still can lead, live and breathe and exist, even though life come with all these societal labels that say like, oh, handicap. You know what I mean? Like you can't do, you can't, you can't. I'm telling you that you can. Mm -hmm. It's not easy or whatever, but it's very much so attainable and achievable. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Very very well said, very well said. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> what can the people expect from you going forward? So uh, Life With Net, what, what we got coming? Listen, just right now, you will see me probably posting all things Mardi Gras because it's mm -hmm. my favorite season, okay? Holla, if y'all ain't never been to New Orleans, listen, stop watching what y'all see on social media about Bourbon Street and all that, go uptown, all right? That's where the family's at. We, go quick uptown. story, we went to Mardi Gras 2020. Ooh, when all the people the, were, oh. when oh, everybody yeah. was, the, the the parade was crazy. Yeah, that yeah. was a wild, and yes. we, we truly believe at that point we were like, and then, you know, COVID came like a month later. Correct. We were like, man, if we didn't get COVID That's also then... when I got on dating apps. I'm going to just skip over. I'm going to pass that. <laughs> um, we were like, man, if we didn't get COVID there, we're going to be all right. <laughs> we didn't Correct. get COVID until two years later. Like wow. we didn't get it till like um, May of 2022. Yeah. Wow. We went to Hawaii for um our baby moon and got came back with COVID. Lovely. <laughs> Hello. Well, all yeah. right. But Mardi Gras yeah, was crazy. But, Mar yeah, y'all got to get off the internet, man. Y'all got to get off. It's, you got to go yeah, down because there. You have that to go to experience it. It is mm -hmm. not what people, you know, show on social media. But yeah, so Mardi Gras and right now on a more serious note, like we are fighting tooth and nail because our boys are school age now. Mm -hmm. And like the amount of crap that we have to deal with because both of our boys have special needs as, as the, the most common term people will understand. We don't really use special needs anymore. We use exceptionalities. It's more inclusive. Yeah. Um, but we have to fight for their rights, fight for them to be educated, fight for them to just get an equal and fair educational opportunity. It's nonstop. And so like I've been posting more and more about that because believe it or not, a lot of people are dealing with school situations. I mean, there's teacher shortages. I mean, like, mm -hmm. especially when you're in a um, special ed area, like there's lots of um, controversial, like topics and people not wanting to do their jobs or service kids or, you know, with the best, the best interest of the kids. So yeah, you'll see that I've posted my partner here and there. One thing that I have learned about social media is to not put your business out there for people to make assumptions. So we have been together for over two years. People would never think I was in a relationship um, because I don't post her. I do not mm -hmm. post her um, at all. And, you know, like we're dating right now. You know, we're, we're in a relationship. I don't know if, you know, it's long term. I don't know, yeah. you know. So, but, um, and also because I don't want 
that whole hashtag goals thing anymore because at one point like even and we don't we may not even have time for this but like even people in our own community turn their backs on me once I was mm-hmm. divorced it was just like oh we're not going to send you any more sponsorships we're not going to ask you to collaborate with us because now your life doesn't mirror the life that we're trying to give off of give off and I was like ah bet sister bet but I still love you mm. yeah so you're so, just gonna see me living life interesting um we could touch on that a little bit. I'm, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm new around here, so, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> what happens. Um, but, uh, yeah, talk about that. I mean, because obviously you make a lot of connections and, and you kind of build and, you know, uh, you build relationships, social media relationships with people mm-hmm. and um, you build them as a certain thing, right? So I imagine what you're talking about is you built these some level of relationships with people as a married couple. Um, and then you get, you get, you know, divorced and people are like, okay. Cause we don't really know what, yeah. where it's about to go from here. So like, um, what, what, what does that look like in, in, in this? Yeah. Community? I mean, it's, you know, every, I think every community is very cliquish. Mm-hmm. I'm not a cliquish person. I've never been that way. Um, and so like, you can see it on social media, like who is posting. And this is like no shade towards anyone. It's like the reality of it or whatever. And also like people allowing other people to exclude them. And so for me, once the divorce came out, like the sponsorship stopped, the reaching out stopped, like other couples that we had had connections to, like had no more connection to us. And it was hurtful in a way without like a closed conversation of like yeah. what happened or like how does our friendship continue even though your family structure does not mirror the our family structure or the family structures that we're trying to you know provide to the internet or whatever and I'm like but this is reality or whatever right. I, like statistics show like there can be five couples happily married couples and at least two of them are going to get divorced mm-hmm. in some capacity. Like there's always challenges in relationships or whatever. But yeah, so when that happened and like, I still love the people, I still follow them, all the things that I still support them, that's their baggage, not yeah, my stuff yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but like, it's hurtful because like, we are already a marginalized community, mm-hmm. right? And like, I have so many other societal labels on me that makes me marginalized like I don't want to be marginalized by the community where I feel safe Mm -hmm. so like for me my goal is to say hey like I am a lesbian like I've had all these traumatic experiences are these life experiences happen to me and that's just what it is like we still can be friends even though our lives don't mirror each other yeah, because what happens if you go through that? Then you want me to do the right. same and thing. Right, no, like, and then oh. you reach out to me. No, then you mm. reach out to me. Yeah. And I've had that happen to me. Like, I've had that happen to me. Um, I was on the phone with someone a couple weeks ago, um, and she opened up to me about, like, her divorce. And I was just like, oh. And she's like, I know you've been through it. And I'm like, I have. But, like, I remember, like, you, I didn't say this, mm-hmm. but in yeah. my head, I'm yeah, thinking, like, I remember you, yeah, yeah, like that was hurtful, mm-hmm. you know, because like, I have been supportive of you or whatever, but I will never turn, I will never slam the door in anybody's face, especially when it's something I've experienced. And I know if I can provide any ease into a life transition, then I absolutely will. Whether it's from raising black kids, kids from foster care, being divorced, co-parenting, being a lesbian, mm-hmm. like all these things, uh, I'm going to help wherever I can. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Love that for sure. <clears throat> love that. Love that. All right. Before you get out of here, we're going to play a little game. Uh oh. I'm going to play a game of this or that. 
Okay, let's do it. Okay. Sports bra or underwire bra? Underwire. Laundry I mean, or cooking? I really wanted to say no, but. No. <laughs> cooking. <laughs> cooking. Day at the spa or watching sports all day? Oh, gosh. Day at the spa. Short hair or long hair? Ooh, dreads. Long dreads. That works. Lipstick <laughs> or lip gloss? Stick. Sports car, big truck. I'm from the country, big truck. Big wedding or small ceremony? Man, if I wasn't married before, I would have said big, but now I'm like small. <laughs> You're like, but, on but people. Big, but big like party. Yeah, big party, okay. Yeah. Uh, stay up late or sleep in? Stay up late. Iron or redry it? Iron. Thank you, Jesus. Gosh. The redry is serious out here, though. Like The redry is serious. I earn everything, everything though. Yeah, I everything. earn everything. Uh, pay or have her pay? We both pay. New shoes or new clothes? Clothes. Jewelry or oh, handbag? I, I see your like your collection behind you, and I'm like super uh, like envious, jealous because I'm trying to get into like I'm a Converse type of chick mm-hmm. when it comes to, to sneakers. Matter of fact, I just stopped calling sneakers tennis shoes. I always mm-hmm. call them tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm trying to get in there. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a horrible it's a habit. Horrible habit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a very expensive habit. Um, jury or handbag? Jury. Pillow princess or I'm on top? Oh, it depends. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you. <laughs> you can follow me, happily follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most, most active at living life with net, N-E-T-T-E. Awesome, man. Well, net, thank you so much for coming through. This is a very, very fun conversation. And y'all already know, man, I'm your host, Ashley. This is another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Bye.